This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 207. Are you slowing down or are you in functional freeze? When it comes to your energy, if you tend to have your foot all the way on the gas pedal or your foot all the way on the brake pedal, today's episode is for you. And if managing your stress is more about avoiding catastrophe or if building more self-awareness around your nervous system leads you to more questions, you're going to love today's conversation. For today's episode, I sat down with Diana May. Diana is a dedicated yoga teacher and lifelong learner with the goal to support people in loving their bodies as they are in the present moment. Her approach to practice is infused with anatomy, alignment, and mindfulness through the lens of the nervous system. She believes that yoga is the way to observe both physical and psychological patterns to understand the tangible cause and effect and to choose a new way forward if desired. Diana teaches public classes, workshops, retreats, and trainings, and she works one-on-one with people with chronic and acute pain, injury, neurological disorders, mild to severe health issues, and simply people who wish to have more accountability in their practice. When we met, we were talking about slowing down and she told me the story about herself where she was thinking she was slowing down because her life seemed so alternative when she compared it with people that were hustling in a nine to five. And her brain interpreted that because she was not doing that, her life was spacious and slow. But in reality, she was living in functional freeze mode. And since we've talked about those things separately on the podcast, I thought it would be super interesting to merge those two conversations. If you want to talk about them separately or hear me talk about them separately, add to your queue of episode, episode 165, five ways to slow down and be more mindful and all our episodes on the nervous system, but maybe start with episode 121, Nervous System 101. If today's episode inspires you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey towards well-being. I really love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and share something you've learned on Instagram, make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast or erica.belanger. And since sharing is caring, I'll give you access for free to the podcast membership for a month as a way to say thank you for sharing. Before we get to today's episode, I want to wish you an incredible new year. May 2024 be the year you look back on with a sparkle in your eye. And if you want to make this year truly one to remember, I might have the perfect thing for you. In April, I am bringing a small group to Lake Atitlan in Guatemala for a seven-night in-person immersion. This retreat is like getting three months of coaching with me all packed in seven days. You'll learn all my favorite mind, body, spirit, and nervous system and self-care practices to help you drop your hustle lifestyle, melt your stress, anxiety, and emotional overwhelm away, and transform your life from in inside out. If you are a sensitive soul or your yogi and you're ready to finally put yourself first for a little bit, cater to your own needs without guilt, and learn how you can return to your life feeling rejuvenated but also equipped to make all of this last, this is going to be life-changing for you. You can DM me the word retreat on Instagram or send me an email and I'll share more info with you. You'll have my contact info in the show notes. All right, let's get to today's episode with Diana. It's going to be a good one. Hi, Diana. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, it's so great to be here. And yeah, I already feel welcomed by you. Oh, yay. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey for listeners that don't know you yet or don't know you very well? Yeah, I am a lifelong yoga practitioner, also human being, also environmentalist, also somatic practitioner, and yeah, just regular old human. (laughs) What brought you to yoga in your life? Yes. I think like so many people, 
my original entryway into yoga was because I had just gotten into college and I had no way to manage my own stress. I grew up single mom, three daughters. I'm the youngest of three. And I learned to be a brainiac and an artist. And I was never really introduced to sports or anything like that. And I thought sports were stupid. So, which now I think they're amazing. The story we tell ourselves when we're growing up. (laughs) Isn't that so true? Yeah. So I really just didn't know anything about taking care of my own body. And the stress got the most of me when I went away to college. And my sister, my oldest sister heard that yoga helps with stress. So she took me to my first yoga class, which was the Ashtanga primary series. Mm. She had called the studio to ask if it was beginner friendly because, you know, neither one of us worked out or were in our bodies in the studio. Like a great yoga studio said, yes, yoga's always welcome to everybody. Everyone's welcome. You'll fit in just great. I couldn't walk for about four days. I was so sore, but I actually loved it. And I've continued to practice ever since. It's so interesting how I feel like everybody has the story of their first yoga class. It always kind of leaves an impression. Either you kind of hate it in the beginning and then for some reason you decide to continue going and then things change or you go for one reason and you realize that you're getting something completely different that you needed. You didn't even know you needed. Like I've heard so many people like crying in their first class and be like, what is happening to me? (laughs) Like All of these big moments. I love it. And I love too just how it changes over time. You know, I don't know of a single yoga practitioner that's been practicing for a while who continues to practice for the same reason they started. Yeah. I mean, we're evolving. Yes. Yeah. And what we need evolves. The season of life we're in is changing. There's so many things in our life that are not staying the same. So it makes sense that our practice follows with us and evolves with us. For our listeners that are starting with this episode and they have not listened to either number 121 where we talked about nervous system 101 or episode 165 that was called five ways to slow down. Can we start today with doing a little intro on the nervous system because we're going to talk about fight and flee and freeze in a moment and I want to make sure people at least have a general idea of what we're talking about so we're all on the same page. Can you get us started on that? Yeah, absolutely. So our nervous system, there's lots of different branches, but generally when we say nervous system regulation, we're talking about the autonomic nervous system where there's your sympathetic branch and your parasympathetic branch. And the sympathetic branch is known as the gas pedal. We need this branch. We use it every day. It's really healthy to have a sympathetic charge in our system. When we're under stress or when we're under a perceived threat, we can have an excess sympathetic charge, for example, that turns into fight or flight. So the other branch is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is known as the brakes. And we, again, use this every day, every time we slow down, every time we exhale, every time we have a moment of down regulation, we're using this when we're digesting food. And when we're under threat or a perceived threat, it can turn into freeze or shut down. So yeah, when we think about the nervous system, we want to have a healthy level of upregulation and downregulation. And we want to be able to build our capacity to handle life's stress because we are human and live in a world with lots of things going on. 
So building up our window of tolerance so that we're not as easily bumped out of our window of capacity into fight or flight or into freeze or shutdown. Or if we do get bummed out, we can come back a little bit sooner into this sort of homeostasis or um, optimal range. Or in nervous system lingo, it's called the ventral vagal state. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about ventral vagal here. We've also talked about your social engagement state. So those are all the same things. If you've been listening to all of these episodes and you're like, are we talking about all the same? We are. (laughs) So... What we talked about when we were offline was the idea of slowing down versus being in a freeze state. So before we talk about those two things in comparison, what does a freeze state look like, feel like? What are we doing, thinking, feeling when we're in our freeze, shutdown, collapse? Yeah. So freeze is actually a blended state. And what I mean by that is that there's a high level of sympathetic activation So we might be experiencing things like racing thought, racing heartbeat, a lot of anxiety, a lot of feelings, even sense of urgency, but our parasympathetic nervous system is even higher activation. So we're prevented from taking any action on said feelings. So the experience could be, you know, really, really wanting to make a phone call and knowing that it's so important, but you can't do it. Or really wanting to say something in that moment, but your voice gets stuck and you literally can't speak. It could be something like watching a little bit too much TV just to quote unquote, turn your brain off, stuff like that. And by the way, watching TV, there's nothing wrong with that. But the (laughs) feelings in our body of like, I can't do anything. So I'm just going to put noise in the background. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. And I always like that idea of like foot all the way on the brake is like, even if there's a lot happening, and even if you might have mental desire for things, your foot is on the brake. So like you can't go anywhere and you're kind of stuck in this place. And we've talked about before as well, that yo-yoing sensation of going between like your fight or flight and your freeze, where you get into your fight or flight, you're like mentally activated, but then you just go to freeze really quickly because you're unable to take action. So we've talked about these things before. When we are in our freeze, how might we confuse that with being intentional about resting or taking a break or doing nothing because we need a moment? How is that different? Yeah. Well, I'll just go with an example because I'm an example type person. Perfect. So a lot of times I see people, and I've done this too, a lot of people I know have done this, it's very normal, when we're really busy and we have a lot going on and we're really stressed and you decide, you're like, okay, I just need to stop. I just need to take a break. And so you take a day off and the day off comes and you can't quite (laughs) relax. Yeah, you clean your whole house and your closet and your fridge. (laughs) Yeah. Or even you mull around like, I'm relaxing. I'm relaxing. No, I swear I'm relaxing. And so even if you're not doing the cleaning of the house or this or that, there's this feeling of, okay, I'm relaxing, but not actually your body not able to let go. There might still be a lot of bracing, that sort of thing. So whereas when you're actually able to take a break and we can get into the house and why it's a little bit later, perhaps, but 
when you're actually able to downregulate, your body enjoys it. There's a different felt sense in your body around it'll feel more soft, it'll feel more expansive, nothing seems too urgent, or you might be aware that things need to get done, but there's an ability to put it on the back burner and be like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time I think about it as like a body sigh. Not like I am relaxed, like I am scrolling my phone and doing nothing and I'm taking a break and your energy is still agitated in the sense. It's more of like this dropping the weight sensation. And like literally you will hear yourself physically sigh. You'll catch yourself like, oh, like you have arrived in this new place, but I can feel that weight in my body. Do you experience that when you shift state? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I love how you described it as the full body sigh. And oftentimes it's spontaneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in a state where I'm not relaxed and I'm trying to relax, but my body's still in that free state, for example, I might try to sigh, but it doesn't feel like a relax versus when my state actually shifts, there's a spontaneous visceral sigh. And that is because the autonomic nervous system is neurocepting safety. And so there's that ability for the spontaneous visceral reactions like a sigh or a swallow or a release of the shoulders or something like that, where I can think about relaxing my shoulders, but they might not relax because my body is still neurocepting threat. My brain might rationally know like I have a day off, I'm totally fine, but my body might be neurocepting. Rest is not okay. You cannot be resting right now. There's you know, things you have to do. So until mm -hmm. my nervous system neurocepts safety, I'm not going to get that spontaneous full body sigh. I think it's important to point that out for people because I can draw my shoulders down, you know, with effort and be like, I am relaxing my shoulders. And just as I'm doing that right now, I can feel like all of my muscle tense, like I'm almost bracing to make it happen. And I think Oftentimes when we operate from our mind, we kind of force ourselves into what we think we're trying to do. You know, we're trying to relax, but it's not actually physically happening and it's not happening from the point of view of our nervous system. Was that your experience when you discovered that you thought you were slowing down, but you then realize, actually, I'm in freeze. We've talked about this offline of your experience of, I thought I was slowing down, but then I realized I wasn't really. Can you share a little bit about that realization? Yeah. And I think it's such a common realization and, well, not realization, a common experience. Mm -hmm. So I was a full-time yoga teacher and I know all the right things to say around yoga philosophy and how to let go and all this stuff. And I'm an environmentalist. So I was going on hikes and leading backpacking retreats. And then I got really interested in doing a lot of environmental sustainability work and this and that. And I got involved in environmental justice work. And then I got into union organizing work. And then I got into more humanitarian work. And I just kept adding to the plate. Adding to my plate and all these things actually are amazing and so necessary and things I really am passionate about. Mm -hmm. And because my lifestyle to the outsider looked so radical and so alternative, I could say like, we have to slow down. We're all interconnected. 
And people responded as if I was slowing down. And because I'm a yoga (laughs) teacher, I must Mm -hmm. be slowing down. And I'm talking about it and saying all the right things. And that actually, I think, confused me because people would see me as somebody who is really slow and living in this alternative lifestyle. And so I think I also got confused by people's response to me. Yeah, the feedback. Yes. And all of a sudden, I got incredibly burnt out. (laughs) and I didn't want to do anything. And I went into a big freeze. And I was like, Oh, well, now I'm not doing anything. So what was I doing before? But it was still a freeze state. (laughs) Which confused me even more. And then in time, I slowly began to thaw. And as I began to thaw from my freeze, what was pointed out to me, was that I started to pick up more and more things. And I was doing more volunteer work again and doing more this again and more that. Just getting back in the pattern. Yes, I was getting back in a pattern. And so it was pointed out to me like, hey, didn't you say you wanted to do less? (laughs) Thank you, whoever that was. Good job. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize I was picking up so much stuff again. So yeah, then over the last several years, I really made it a priority to do less actually, and actually slow my life down and not just say my life is slow and assume people will see me as slow because I'm a yoga teacher. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not because you're not hustling on a nine to five that you're not busy and making yourself busy in a similar way. And even more, like when you're a yoga teacher, we've talked a little bit about this offline. You're an entrepreneur. Like your life can be very full of things. It's not because you teach about relaxation or you teach about embodiment. I just had this little confession on Instagram last week where I found myself in a free state and I was like, I know that I tell you all the things on how to get out of it. Like, this is my specialty. I teach people how to get out of overwhelm and anxiety. And yet I'm here right now. You know, like it happens. It's not because we know all about it that we don't get caught up in the patterns of achievement, of doing, of, you know, more and more and more all the time. I like to think of it like a spiral you know, this is my personal opinion. Anyone who is on some sort of coming to terms of self-acceptance and healing journey, I know not everybody loves words healing journey, but whatever you want to call that, when you're on this kind of journey, it really is a spiral. And I don't know anyone who's been on a journey that hasn't found themselves in a very similar place over and over. And I do think that's normal. And I think the times we get back into these like a functional freeze or this or that, we can remind ourselves or I can remind myself that, oh, I'm noticing it a little more quickly. Mm -hmm. I have more tools to come back into my window of capacity a little more quickly and have a lot more self-compassion when that does happen of like, yeah, it happens. I see it as a ditch And I like to teach it that way where you don't fall as far down deep in the ditch. You know, you kind of slide on the edge, but you can crawl yourself back out. You're not all the way down and you need help and all these things, you know, ropes and ladders to get back out of the ditch or the ditch gets smaller, right? However you want to see it. But I like that idea of a spiral. Like anytime you're doing something new and you're trying a new way of doing, you're going to go back to your 
comfortable patterns, right? The things that you have done that you've learned in the past that were helpful. And sometimes they're not helpful really in the moment, you know, for where you are now and what you're doing now. So I think it's normal to go back to what feels comfortable, even if it's not helpful. Yeah. And I think it's important for leaders or people who do this professionally or are further along on their journey to share and normalize that we all have moments of freeze or fight or whatever it is. I really, really think that's important to normalize because especially in the age of social media and this and that, there can be this perfectionist type thing where if I'm not perfect all the time, then I shouldn't be out there. I'm an imposter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just silly. Yeah. And that's why I shared about it a couple of weeks ago, just because part of the free state comes with like this shame naturally. And I was like, to take me out of freeze, I have to let people see me. Like it's part of the actions of moving out of freeze is to not feed that shame, that imposter syndrome idea, like all those things that make you feel like somehow there's something wrong with you because you found yourself there. So I wanted to open that conversation that we all get there and that it's normal and, you know, everything that comes with that. So what does it actually look like and feel like to truly slow down? What did you notice was different when you shifted? Yeah, one of the most valuable things that I personally experienced when I actually slowed down was that I didn't feel lonely. And that is something that I didn't know that I was lonely until I was like, oh, I feel more connected to the people in my life. My circle got a lot smaller. I will say that. But I didn't struggle with loneliness because I think for me, the fast pace, the overdoing, the functional freeze, those states tend to be protective. And the protectiveness of these states actually do separate you from your community. And yourself. And myself. And so by really slowing down, I think the most profound change was feeling not lonely, connected. And yeah, I slept more, you know, (laughs) I I was literally more well-rested. And so, yeah, those are some of the biggest things. And I think, you know, it feels less urgent. So I know when I'm in a free state or, and this can be described in a free state of you do have that high sympathetic charge and things feel very urgent, but you have a really high parasympathetic charge, so you can't do it. Or when you do, there's almost like a shakiness or harshness in your movements, like jerkiness in your movements. And so this is a simple example, but tying your shoe or something like tying your shoe in a free state can feel very jerky in a way or like, I got to tie my shoe and I got to get to this place. You have to use so much energy to do it. And there might be this jerky quality. And so when I'm actually slowing down and let myself thaw, I can just tie my shoe. (laughs) I can just open the door. I'm more fluid and easeful. Yeah. And I'm more aware of my body touching the doorknob and opening the door. And I'm aware, oh, I'm stepping outside and well, look at the trees. There's so much more space in my body to receive the glimmers and the fullness of the moment and not just what feels threatening to me. Yeah. I love that. My version of the tying the shoe is my pockets get caught in all like the handles in the kitchen or the doorknob in the house, or I kind of hit the table or I hit the corner of the wall. Like when I'm walking around the house, there's like this 
like disconnection from your environment where I'm like jerky in my movement. It's not fluid and I'm just getting caught everywhere. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh my God, how am I caught again in this thing? And that's a sign for me of that kind of lack of fluidity and ease in your movement. Yeah. Getting random bruises. Where did that <laughs> bruise come from? <laughs> you don't get as many bruises. <laughs> Good. Who wants bruises? <laughs> so you've talked about feeling more aware, feeling more fluid, more able to receive, to notice without the urgency, feeling more full in a sense. Are there other benefits of slowing down if you try to sell it to our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, especially if I were to sell it, I'm going <laughs> to people where a lot of people are at, which is the meaning making channel. You get so much more insights to why you are the way you are when you're not yes. in a free state. And we like knowing why things are the way they are. Most people do. And when you're in a free state, your lens literally narrows. Your autonomic nervous system is driving your behavior. It's driving your emotions. It's driving your thoughts. You're perceiving people's faces differently. You're perceiving the environment differently through a very narrow lens of... Yeah things are threatening. Mm -hmm. There's very little options. Yes. And so when you actually can sort of lower your overall level of activation and begin to titrate in these moments of ease and your freeze does begin to thaw, you have so much more insights. You can connect dots. You can see, oh, that person actually is going through this, this or that. And that's why they did X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. You're more compassionate. You're kind of more smart in a way. Like you make sense of things more easily or you find more creative solutions to problems, right? There's like a different capacity that we have access to. Yeah. And you don't take things as personally because mm. you can understand that other people are other people and have their own experiences behind them. And thinking that and feeling it in my body are two very different experiences. So when you are in more of that window of tolerance and in that ventral vagal state, yeah, you have so much more clarity. You don't take things as personally. And then you can create better boundaries for yourself because you are aware of what you actually want. So yeah, and it's very hard to set boundaries and freeze. Like it's pretty much impossible. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, maybe you said it, it's really porous or maybe you set something that's totally unrealistic and unneeded, like it's way too rigid. You know, there's ways that we do poor boundaries <laughs> when we're not in a state of regulation within ourselves. What are your favorite tools or practices to learn to slow down if you've been in like this high gear for a long time? What did you do that help you? What do you recommend people start with? Yeah, some of the things I always recommend is, <laughs> I like to say this, slowing down takes time. <laughs> yep. It's so silly and it's so simple, but it's so true. But we need to hear it, I think. Yeah, slowing down takes time. It takes time. It takes time. You will not be able to go from moving at 150% to, you know, maxing and relaxing to your heart's content. So I recommend, there's a term in the fitness world, I guess, of movement snacks, like when you can't get in your full yoga mm -hmm. practice. I love that. Yeah, yoga practice. You can just take movement snacks where you're at your desk and you just stretch your shoulders or you stand up and turn around or do a quick forward fold or whatever. 
it can be a simple movement snack. So I like to remind people that when you know you want to slow down, but it's very challenging or you find slowing down a lot very threatening, take little slowness snacks. <laughs> so maybe it's one breath. And I like to incorporate it in the habits that we already have. So most people drink morning beverage, coffee or tea. So like even if it's just one or two breaths, like feel the warmth of the coffee mug, maybe look at the color, describe the color you're seeing, maybe smell it and like really try to feel that in your body and then like slam it down and go about your day. But at least you had like these two or three moments where you're slowing down and being in that experience. Or if you have an office by a window, like I think looking at nature is really, really helpful. Even if you can't look at it for a long time or walk around in it, like, I don't know, maybe there's a bird you can look at and observe it for a moment or just tiny, where can you fit in one or two moments in your day? That's it. Start there. I love that. I love that also considering that when you're in freeze state, you don't really want to do anything, right? It's not time to like go and plan huge habit changes and turn your life around 180 degrees. You don't want to do it. You barely want to get off the couch and, you know, close Netflix. So give yourself permission to do tiny and to start tiny is very powerful. 100%. And I think people forget because they're like, I have to, you know, swing big, like go big or go home. No, just do anything, any amount that will get you to want to do more eventually, but like give yourself permission to do tiny. Yeah. Tiny and already within what you're already doing. Yeah. Always easier. Yeah. Yeah. With the holiday season that's just around the corner, do you have any last tips for people that find the holidays to be quite chaotic? They have huge to-do list, million things to figure out to do, to buy, to cook, to clean, to plan, you know, how it could be. Gosh, holiday time is a doozy. Plus all the grief that comes along with holiday times. And yes. all this. it's just a hard time. So my biggest piece of advice is just to as much as you can show yourself compassion. And if you can't show yourself compassion, show somebody you love compassion. And sometimes that can help turn the tables for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is another thing is like so many people, this is their holiday time. This is the time they get off work and then they quote unquote, have to spend it cleaning and prepping and doing all these obligation things, but maybe you used up most of your vacation time or this is your time off. And so be a little bit selfish. That's my <laughs> advice. If you are the person yes. who has a lot of obligations, be just a little bit selfish because we all know, I need to hear this. A lot of people need to hear this. When you take even a few moments for yourself, you literally can show up in your life a little bit easier how you want to. So be a little selfish this holiday season. Yeah, maybe put yourself on your list of obligation. Like maybe, you know, we have obligations towards ourselves. <laughs> Give yourself permission. Yeah, radical. So radical. Imagine that. <laughs> Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? If there's like one takeaway you'd like to leave listeners with today, what would that be? Yeah, your autonomic nervous system works subcortically, meaning you don't consciously choose these states, they happen automatically. So even though your rational brain is thinking, oh, I should be a different way, or why can't I be like this, or I know I should be X, Y, or Z, 
you didn't choose this response and the response you're in the free state or maybe you're in collapse or maybe you're in a fight state or a flee state. These states are highly intelligent and protecting us from a perceived threat. They literally are supporting you right now. And maybe you don't know why. Maybe you can't understand why. But your system is your best friend. So get to know your best friend. Listen to your best friend, which is (laughs) your system. And be really open to what they have to say. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of befriending ourselves, you know, befriending our system, listening to ourselves and just giving yourself that chance to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Like you show up for everybody else, you know? Yeah. I will put all your info in the show notes, of course. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you if they want to learn more from you, they have questions, or they want to work with you in some capacity? What's going on in your world? You can find me on my website. If you love all things yoga and nervous system and philosophy, I am doing a six-week course starting in January yoga in depth where we go over a little more in depth of the nervous system. We go over specific practices of how yoga can specifically help and tie it also to yogic philosophy because yoga is of course more than physical postures and a lot of what yogis have known for a long time. We're sort of learning in this new neuroscientific type way. So it's a really great bridge of yoga philosophy and nervous system regulation. So I'm stoked about it. If you love anatomy and love nervous system or anything, you'll probably love this program. But yeah, just do something for yourself. That's what I want for you. Are you on any social platform if people want to follow you there? Yes, I am on Instagram, Diana May Yoga, and my website is dianamay.com. So thank you so much for your time today. That was a lovely conversation. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave your review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you in any way, you can pass it on and help someone else in their life just by leaving your review. Plus, because sharing is caring, when you leave a review to say thank you, I'll give you access to our podcast premium membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review so I have your contact info and we'll get you all set up. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at ericabelanger.com slash 207. There you'll have my email, my contact info on Instagram if you want any information about the retreat. And you can also go to ericabelanger.com slash retreat. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast in their support of making this possible. And this includes all our new podcast premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll see you next Monday.